Welcome to the 2018 edition of Bookplate. Find us on the web at foreveryoungadult.com. Join a book club chapter in your area or start your own by visiting us online and clicking on the book club link at the top. Don't forget to check out our monthly themed wallpaper created by graphics goddess Mandy C, which is always featured at the top of the page. And now we are going to introduce ourselves. I am Annie, your apprentice sound engineer and podcast editor, proud member and perpetual cheerleader of the San Francisco chapter of Forever Young Adult. I'm Britt, also from SFFYA, and maybe I'll make it to a meeting now that my school year is over <laughs> and I'm not drowning in stress. Hi, I'm Amanda. I'm also from San Francisco FYA. And joining us for the first time, yay! yay. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So today we're going to talk about Dark Days Club by, what is the author's name? Helen... Well, Helen's the main character's name. Oh. Lady Helen. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That's probably what I'm thinking of. I keep forgetting it to put the author name in there. starts with a G. Her last Alison name. Goodman. Alison Thank Goodman. you. Mm -hmm. That's it. Dark Days Club by Alison Goodman. And for those of you who don't know or who are just turning in, we digest our book like a meal. And we start off with our amuse-bouche. A lady of Regency England, specifically 1812 through 1822, finds herself embroiled in supernatural intrigue due to her mother's blood and a legacy of insanity and valor. Sound pretty good? It's pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're going to do our other cover takes, which is our significant others. My significant other is Jamal. I asked him what he thought the book was about based on the cover, and he said, someone losing a loved one, a death goth thing. <laughs> The more I look at it, the more I'm going for death goth thing. I, I co-sign. That's <laughs> pretty good. Um, what about you folks? What did your others say? Um, I asked Garrett, and he said, it's about a bunch of princesses who are emo and sit around listening to emo music and <laughs> hating the world <laughs> and being angsty all day, like a breakfast club for emo princesses. <laughs> oh my and gosh. I said, what makes you say princesses? He said, well, there's a girl in a dress on the cover, so duh, princess. <laughs> I wonder yeah. what emo Regency music would sound like. Mm. Like, who was the emoist composer of the era? That's a good question. <laughs> I feel like there were some emo composers. All right. Uh, my significant other, Phil, said it is a chick who has magical powers and is probably being inducted into a magical club. He suspects it's witches. Suspects it's witches? Mm -hmm. oh, pretty intuitive others. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about the emo princesses. I kind of <laughs> like that though <laughs> there's a queen i mean yeah there are princesses sure. like there's royalty involved they're just like side characters yeah um okay so our appetizer is seed cake we always go off food that they actually eat in the book also regency england so i have to say i'm really familiar with regency romance but didn't realize there was some like disagreement over what the actual regency of England was. I thought it was just a specific type of romance genre. <laughs> um, but then I learned from this book that it's actually specific to the years when the prince was recent because King George was crazy. So I learned that one. And then um, the author's note in this book and the series, I also read the second one, is chock full of her research notes and her notes about the time. So if anyone wants to learn more, it's like super interesting. How did you two feel about the setting? Do you feel like Regency romance or is this, do you like Regency romance or is this time period not interesting to you? Um, I'm more used to Victorian era in romance novels. I don't know if it's just the particular 
authors I've read, but I thought this was pretty similar, to be honest. I didn't notice like a lot of difference between the Regency and the, uh, though I do like the term printy, what they call the Prince region. I think that cracks me up, but um, I didn't notice much of a difference. I don't know much about British history. So like when I was describing this book to my best friend, because I think she would like it, I said, it takes place in like old timey England. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. Old timey England. I think like what I've read Victorian, they started being more prudish maybe. Like Victoria herself was a little bit like that. And so things started going that way. I don't know. Vic- Victorian's after this era, right? right? Yeah. Okay. So do you get more technology when you're, Yes. Yeah. The romance novels I tend to read in that period usually have some sort of scientific bent to them. Everybody's a naturalist or interested in that kind of world. Yeah. I mean, it didn't really seem any different from like Pride and Prejudice or any of the classic, you right. know, like Regency. Those are the one, the classic Regency when I think of it. I like historical fiction anyway. So, yeah, you same. know, mm-hmm. and I have to say, I didn't give her enough credit. I just the first to the first one I read through I was just like I actually didn't like the first one as much as the second one. Oh, oh okay. so mm-hmm. this one I was mad at the cliffhanger ending so I read the second <laughs> one <laughs> um, which I think is way better it's like a faster paced novel. I didn't realize how much research she had done until I read the note of the second one and then I realized oh she has literally placed this like in a house that she's seen that she's done research on so I was like okay more credit to you for being that in-depth in your background. I think she's pretty well known for that her other series uh, Eon and Iona were set in um, it's a fictional fantasy setting but it has a lot of research pulled from the real worlds of China and Japan's past and it's been really well received I think. Did you read it? I did I loved it. I cool. thought it was great. Awesome. That's a good recommendation. Anything else on the appetizer in Regency? Okay. We're going to move on to our main course, which is delicately herbed salmon. <laughs> <laughs> and the deceivers versus the reclaimers. What's up with this concept? <laughs> <laughs> so the premise to the magic in this book, I personally found unnecessarily complicated. It's also a blood quantum concept, which is, you know, a classic but also problematic trope as we delve more into that. What did you two think of it? Well, she's the only known the inheritor, right? So I, it felt like it was a lot of setup because it is a trilogy. So I kind of, I felt a little bit like it was kind of complicated, but I'm like, okay, she's setting the stage here for more. I kind of, I thought it was interesting. I like the world building. I guess I didn't think about it much when I was reading it, but it does sort of play into that, the one, the savior trope that they Mm -hmm. have to have it as a birthright. And, you know, that's pretty classist. (laughs) But also like, she's not necessarily the savior because like, she's the, you know, harbinger of evil or whatever. Like her, there's the prophecy that the person who's, you know, born into being a reclaimer means that like some great evil is going to come about. I guess she's the one for the demons. Then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll save them. Yeah. I thought I, I was like, why there were so many layers to it. And maybe that's just the world building, but I was, it was like, there's so many of these demons and then this is how they perpetuate. But then the, they also do this. And then there's so many more of them than the other people. And like all of the setup, I was like, like she's working really hard to make this specific situation happen Mm -hmm. and maybe that's 
I mean, maybe that's the whole entire point, but like, I was like, I, I like stories where it's not necessarily like a super complicated situation. Like it, it this is a thing that could happen. But mm-hmm. in this one, I was like, this is just complete fantasy, which is, right. you know, which is fine. I just, I was everything with like the book and then learning the magic and then all the different little pieces to it. I'm like, this is a very complicated, it was almost a science. I'm like, this mm-hmm. is a very complicated <laughs> science of magic that we're dealing with here. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's pretty grandiose too. Like reclaimers, deceivers, <laughs> And then the, all the different types of deceivers of like, can't they just be bad guys? Yeah, <laughs> with with their ghost tentacles. Yeah, <laughs> right. And then like, People. it has to be three tentacles before you can get them. And then like, only once they've glutted. And I was just like, wow. Okay. Yeah, I see, see your point. <laughs> it's a lot, but it is a lot. It's just I felt like she was. It felt like the first book in the trilogy because it's like I'm gonna kind of throw all of this at you now so that you understand like what is gonna happen later yeah make rules know. so you can change them sort of to yeah. dramatic effect maybe i did like the hereditary demon thing the sort of the horcrux that the demon would insert into their children i thought that was pretty <laughs> interesting yeah i mean that part tied into the gender dynamics of the reclaimers where the women then become the place they put those mm. the souls yeah, that I was messed up. Yeah, I was like, this is really, <laughs> these good guys are not that good. Like, no. <laughs> but it's okay because the, what, the hot one didn't want to do that to her. So. <laughs> <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> I don't have anything else to say about that. Do you folks want to bring up more about the story? I guess this kind of goes back to the time period, but there were just certain moments in the story when it was super frustrating just because I am coming at it with like 21st century eyes and she's like, but a woman, like, could never or whatever or when the uncle is just a complete shitbag to her <laughs> and she's just like yes uncle and i'm just like can you just punch him out because like he's an asshole so much focus on like maintaining like an image and like what will people say it'll be in the papers and oh my gosh <laughs> like no one can ever know and it's just like who cares <laughs> but i mean that's that's part of the time of the society but there were times when i just wanted to like reach through the book and be like no <laughs> just do it who cares what other people think <laughs> but it's high society so have you guys read the parasol protectorate by gail carrington i read the one is that the one with they're in the school no that's the sequel the first well you know it it might be the one with they're in the school whatever i'm talking about is the one with her mother no i that's haven't read that one books. but i loved the series with them in the school right and i i really liked the way they played with gender roles in this sort of same period and they had the characters living in them, and it just felt satirizing, I guess. It's not that they didn't live under these same rules, but they just moved around them in a different way that I felt really satisfying as a reader. Yeah, she eventually gets over it, but not until the second book. Right. When it's, like, too late. But then <laughs> she keeps she keeps getting trapped by society, though. It's actually really interesting. Like, the love triangle turns on her so hard. Oh yeah, like, yeah. In this series, yeah, in this series, oh. with Selburn, yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah. very interesting. <laughs> yeah, the all the men in this book are like so gross. Yeah, her uncle is awful. He's Even her brother is terrible. Uh, yeah, her brother is l- useless. I was pretty convinced her uncle was gonna be a deceiver. I'm still, mm. I'm still not giving that up. I think he <laughs> might, in the end, be a deceiver. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, especially if we're going with the blood quantum, like, why wouldn't the hereditary, like, reclaimers be somewhat related to mm-hmm. the, 
like bad deceiver you know yeah i thought but i thought her mom was related to the aunt so she's not like blood related to her uncle is she Mm, oh maybe not i don't remember i could be wrong about that it's possible i just think they'll probably like if they've been tracking each other for this long and have been relate like they've had these like years and years of history of of, like this battle to balance the forces of good and evil i feel like there's there's a potential for that relationship to be like familial eventually right Mm -hmm. i can see that and he just like just the way she keeps describing him like he's clearly a one i can't remember which type of deceiver he is but he's clearly like the gluttonous one mm-hmm. you know like she the way she describes him eating the meat um, i was like foreshadowing okay. i don't know i was like oh. also disgusting <laughs> i liked her relationship with her maid yeah i thought that was like the strongest relationship in the book actually the way that they did this investigation together and like her maid's parallel journey I thought it was pretty neat. I feel like that's kind of a kind of a trope that I see in in books and TV shows where there's like a a lady and like the lady's maid. They're like BFFs, but then there's still like clearly the hierarchy that's there, mm-hmm. like you know, like Downton Abbey or whatever with like Lady Mary and then um, Anna. Yeah, because you know Lady Mary would not help Anna move a body. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's a one way. But she would expect her to do it the other right. way around, like. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I really liked Darby's character. I just, I was suspicious of everybody throughout this book, though. So at some point I'm like, Darby's a deceiver. Like, she's <laughs> going to turn on her. She's like reporting back to like, you know, deceiver evil baddies. HQ. Deceiver HQ. <laughs> Darby was, I think Darby was my favorite character, but I think she's also set up to be. I was kind of annoyed by Helen for like the majority of the book and then finally. Oh, just like she keeps making the worst choices, like and the way she rationalizes them, I'm just like, oh, you are setting yourself up for failure. That's how we get action, I guess, in the story. True. <laughs> yeah, I definitely was, dude. What are you doing when um when she told uh, Carlson and Benchley that her mother's miniature was a um what's it oh a Caligot or whatever? Yeah, yeah. When she was just like, well, I have a way out of this. Because, like, <laughs> da-da-da-da, like, my mother's hair and my hair and a deceiver hair, and I can, like, have my powers taken away whenever I want. I'm like, why would you tell them that? <laughs> now they're going to, like, double their efforts to take it from you. <laughs> like, keep that shit to yourself. <laughs> also, what a weird object to have power. Well, I mean, I know hair jewelry and stuff was, was big and then is still made in some cultures, but it's, like, that's definitely, um, I mean, that's the whole, like, alchemy part, but, yeah, I don't know. It's it, That's, like, the part where that could be real magic, I guess. Like, what if it was uh, an evil demon's hair, apparently, that you had woven in there? But then I'm like, but if the bodies are just the bodies of them, and it's really, like, them inhabiting the bodies, then why would the hair be magical? I don't know. There was a lot of stuff where I was, like, yeah, trying to think point. logically about it, and I was like, this is, okay, I can't think logi- <laughs> logically about this. I just have to take belief. it as this. <laughs> yeah. I, I also think that the maid being the best friend, or, like, the most trusted companion is a total trope, because... Mm-hmm. You can't trust your family who's like using you for their to forward their goals. You can't trust your society friends because if you fall, they will turn on you. You can't, you know, like mm-hmm. really the only person you can trust is the person who like sees you naked, which is your maid, you know. <laughs> so we can move on to dessert, which are fruit 
jellies. <laughs> and we talked about this a little bit, but the love triangle du jour. While love triangles are, cla- are a classic trope, did we need this one? I don't know. Normally, I would say no, but I didn't like either of them enough to constitute one boyfriend, so <laughs> <laughs> we needed to. I think in this book, it was more metaphorical because Carlson represented like choosing the life of a reclaimer and Selburn represented like what she could have if she got rid of her powers and had a normal life. So I felt like it wasn't just a love triangle for the sake of drama. Like it felt like it had more meaning. A phantom of the opera scenario. (laughs) (laughs) That could be. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really like either of them either. I don't know why she was attracted to I liked Selburn until he proposed <laughs> because when he proposed, it wasn't like I thought he like genuinely liked her. And then he just had a hero complex and he's like, no, I'm going to save you from Carlson. Just like I tried to save Elise. And it's like, mm, that's not love. <laughs> no, <laughs> but I mean, love doesn't really seem to matter in this era because people just seem to meet someone and be like oh he's got money let's get married (laughs) let's make that arrangement happen and then like the girls who do you know run off for love are like scorned so it's all about like appearances that just really bothers me even though it's a part of this world and what was what was the person's name cole something cole carlson carlson yeah yeah he struck me as really old when i was reading (laughs) it i kept imagining him as like a 35 year old man and i was not really feeling the love connection there there's definitely i mean that's also another trope is like the older mentor who you then enter into a relationship with as like a younger woman you know that pop that pops up a lot in young adult actually like at least the ones that were around when i was reading them mm-hmm. specifically like marilyn the magician magician by patricia c reed and then there's also like what's the other one i'm thinking of oh the um tamora pierce series that's a classic so yeah that's there. I think when I was younger, I liked the idea because I was like, oh, older man, not one of these boys who doesn't get <laughs> like what life is about. Uh-huh. But now it's definitely <laughs> like, oh, predator. <laughs> like, <laughs> my, my opinions have changed. <laughs> yeah. Um, for some reason, I'm just thinking of like Pretty Little Liars when um, is it oh, Ezra. Aria? <laughs> yeah. Who has the relationship with Ezra. And it's like, that's gross. Because like, I mean, most probably high school girls probably fantasize about like you know the hot male teacher or whatever but like when you really think about it like that's gross yeah (laughs) and predatory and even if there isn't a huge age difference like the position of power just makes it icky yeah the power dynamics are inherently unequal yeah and it is your student so you are like no matter what you're taking advantage of them Mm -hmm. just true she oh my god selburn turns out to be like i'm terrified of him actually i think he is a really scary predator because his reasoning for proposing to her is both like mainly because he's in this battle with carlston like yeah. it's not really she's about a her she's a pawn in this weird but he's like chess game obsessed with her in a way that he really wants control of her. And I'm like, if the whole point is to control her, then I'm like, is he going to go torture her in his basement? Like, that's what I think the next mm-hmm. step is. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I mean, we're not quite in the Victorian area, but, you know. <laughs> uh, but Maybe he's Jack the Ripper. I mean, right? <laughs> and I have no idea when that is, by the way. It's probably 
not the same time period. No. <laughs> he gets even more controlling and predatory in the second book and oh. like gets her into a situation that she can't escape from. Ooh. And I'm like, ooh, like none of that is about, but it's all his rationale is like, I need to protect you. I need to protect you. And I'm like, mm, this is just maybe it's because I've had like predatory relationships where it like makes me really uncomfortable. There's actually a lot about the book that I was like, deeply uncomfortable with interesting and i couldn't tell if it was just like because i didn't like the characters or what the thing was but i think maybe it was like i was recognizing like the bad choices and the bad relationships and being like oh my god escape now escape now (laughs) just run away yeah (laughs) sorry i just googled jack the ripper (laughs) it jack the ripper was like 70 years later so oh so probably (laughs) maybe he's like crux's father (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a deceiver like passing it's yeah so whatever seed on gross <laughs> our drinks for today is punch our punch never get that correct and i mentioned this before but the alchemy what did you think about the alchemy which is the spell ritual portion of the magic in this book and did it work for you that's the part that was actually like the most complicated right about the moon having to be yes in a certain position yes and, and like what she was she's supposed to dissolve the thing and drink it and like all these very complicated steps to i kind of appreciate that because it lends some mysticism to magic that divorces it from science in a way that helps bring me into the fantasy of it um, I think about the magicians uh, by Lev Grossman, where they have to learn very esoteric things, and it's very much an academic discipline. And it, I don't know, it kind of takes some of the fun out of magic, but it also makes it seem more real to me. Mm, that's a good way to put it, because it is not fun. No, it's <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's the work of dusty old academics. It kind of reminded me of um, Polyjuice Potion because, <laughs> oh. like, they have to brew it at a certain time and they have to let the whatever is, like, stew for a month exactly at a certain temperature in the moon and blah, blah, blah. And, like, for some reason, I was just like, oh, so they're, like, brewing Polyjuice Potion, except it's going to take away her powers and not turn her into someone else. I think that was the hardest part for me to conceive is, like, if you're a hereditary person and you you inherently have this, how can this separate outside spell take that away from you i mean i guess she's gonna drink it but like is it about her soul or is it about her body right like i think interesting there that question for me was there and i wasn't quite sure what the argument that the author was trying to make so i was just like Hmm. and i don't like questions unanswered so i think that's again (laughs) i was like i don't know and that's why i read the second book because i was like i need to know what happens even though i'm hating everybody (laughs) i did like that when she was supposed to go to the the bookstore or whatever with carlson and she got thwarted by her aunt and he mailed her the book anyway he's like there's some complicated things in here that you might not understand she's like bitch i know what it's talking about like (laughs) (laughs) and she got to be like oh well actually you know the blah 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 scientific alchemy words and he's like oh I'm surprised that your like womanly sensibilities would understand like such manly language or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Not in those words, but it was like, yes, stick it to him. (laughs) I think, yeah, I think there must be some book or of of magic or alchemy from that time that that she researched and found that spell in, right, or something similar. Because that's what it really looked to me is like I picked up some. I can't remember what book. I don't think I have it anymore. But on like a trip to england when i was younger i picked up some like spell book i remember looking through it and being like this is really like these these are complicated <laughs> like but it's similar to what i remember reading so i'm like okay i bet she found this yeah. somewhere 
I liked it. I mean, I eventually decided that I liked it when I was reading the second book. It's I think the first one's so slow for me and it's huge. And I was like, why hasn't she left her uncle's house yet? Mm. Why hasn't she left? Like, clearly that's where we're going here. Why has this not happened yet? And then to have it like the the battle, the fight that happened in like the very last right. chapter. Yeah. I was like, God damn it. <laughs> she knows how to hook you no, for that it, second one. It was per I mean, it was perfectly done. It was just like super frustrating as a reader. <laughs> yeah. But the second one is just like far more interesting. She does leave her uncle's house and that then she has more freedom. You know, she starts to do more like spy work oh, uh, that's on the deceivers. She starts to dress as a man. So like I was way more into that. I was like, oh, sweet. Now we get to throw some gender tropes away yeah. and like actually act on our own volition. I was like, okay, better, way better than the like trap of the house that she was in than the life she was in before. And then there's also Darby's character gets more developed and oh. it's interesting. Yeah. I would pick up the sequel. I really liked it despite the problems. I just felt like there were a lot of like twists and turns that I didn't really see coming. And I also listened to the audiobook, um, and the narrator's awesome. Um, she does a really good job, like, doing the different voices and, like, kind of keeping the suspense. Um, and I finished it yesterday, and I immediately downloaded book two. But then I found out book three wasn't out yet, and it's not coming out till November. So I'm trying to, like, be like, okay, what's halfway between June and November? So I can, like, <laughs> space it out and not forget everything by the time November comes. So I'll have to hold off till, like, September <laughs> to listen to book two. But, um, but yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes. I was also thinking there's three um, Caligots or whatever. There's three objects and there's three books. And I was like, hmm. So in book one, the Deceivers got a hold of the first one. So I'm wondering if like, well, yeah, if they gra get the second book is about the second one. And then the third one is like the final showdown for like the last Caligot or something. Um, so, hmm. yeah. I think we're going to see the rise of the Grand Deceiver. Um, <laughs> the the la the second book ends with like a crazy murder scene Ooh. that she researched and found like to be an actual murder scene and like put what? it in the book and I was just so impressed by that I was like yes that's way really to go. cool and she does and she does it really well not that I'm like super into blood but <laughs> it was like <laughs> it's intense <laughs> yeah the author's note in the audiobook it was the last like eight minutes so I thought there was another chapter and then it was the author's note and she really did put a lot of detail into the research and she was very specific about where she deviated from like um real things but she was like this place was a real cafe and this was you know and i'm like okay that's cool so i'm excited to hear that it gets even more ramped up in the second book well i think with that we're gonna sign off and we still haven't like fully decided what our sign off is but i've been we've been toying with like delicious reading or like bon only <laughs> yeah or only <laughs> yummy books or whatever something do you have like a idea Mm -mm. <laughs> I'll do you guys do. No, okay. Well, then, until next time, we can say book appetite. What did you want to say? <laughs> oh, I said bon appetite. We can say that. <laughs> book appetite. <laughs> <laughs> book appetite. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. <laughs>